Hello, everyone. It is I, Pastor Colonel from Seed Time Harvest Ministries. As Chuck said, you want to go to right over here, pointing right down at it, SeedTimeHarvest.net. And we'd love to hear from you. I want to appreciate all our people out there from all over the world who are downloading the free training manual, the School of Authority Evangelism. And if you would like for me to come and train your congregation, your group, let me know. Um, I'm free on the weekends for now. So that's kind of how it has to work for now. I'm, I'm free on the weekends. And perhaps if it's planned properly, we could possibly do training online. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But I have done that before, and we'll see how it goes. Very good. Sea Time Harvest Ministries, what are we? Well, we are a virtual church. We preach like tonight we're going to preach. And we want to welcome, by the way, all our broadcasting platforms on board and really the gaming platforms. I really want to recognize all the gaming platforms out there, Twitch being the number one. We're on platforms in China and Russia, South Korea, Canada, and the United States. We've been banned from six platforms, uh, mostly on the West Coast of the United States. They don't like us because of the message we carry. They get quite offended. Well, I must be doing something right under the anointing of God for people to be offended uh, because what I say is the truth and people sometimes can't, what's the movie say, handle the truth. But the thing is, the truth will set you free if you know Christ Jesus, for He is the truth. He is the way and the life unto men. He is the light and life unto men. And Jesus is the truth. He is the Prince of Peace. And without Him, you can't know the Father, period. You think you know God? You don't. You can only know God through Christ Jesus, His Son, who He sent as a sacrifice so that His blood, the blood of a God, can wash away your sins and cleanse you because the blood of an animal can't do it. And you can't purify yourself good enough to come in, in front of God because no man can see God and live unless the Son wills it, by the way. The Son can will it. The Son of God can will you to see God. And I tell you, if you ever come in the presence of God in that way and the Son wills it, you will be a different person. You will not be the way you are because you would come into the righteousness of God. You would believe in the Son and the Father, and you would be greatly transformed in the renewing of your heart and mind because you would have, or you would come into the understanding of the of the heart and the mind of God, bring in the fear of God. Amen. Well, let's get started. Let's open up in prayer. And, oh, I failed to mention this. Uh, we also have helping in producing a moment with the Colonel, Sister Deanna from Witness Project. I think Chuck mentioned this, but I want to personally thank her and the people of Witness Project. It's actually a, uh, a good group of people who join us regularly and help us and call in and different things. She's a great help. Sister Deanna's a great help. And, and also if you need, you know, personal ministry, she's a good point of contact to go to. I would encourage you to go to Witness Project on MixLR or uh, I'm not sure the, is there an email address? Perhaps there is. Uh, there is an email address, but I can't recall it off the top of my head. But she'll be putting it out. But if you go to, we don't have a website right now. You have a website, just so you know. Well, not right now we don't. Oh, you don't. Okay. Well, maybe that's what I was thinking of. What? Well, anyway, 
Contact me and I'll put you in contact with Sister Deanna. How about that? Go to seatimeharvest.net. Let me know you want a, uh, someone to minister to you privately and personally. And Sister Deanna, I'll put you in contact and introduce you the two of you. And you guys can work at the time and scheduling out. Okay? Very good. Well, Father, we just thank you for your love and mercies that endure forever. Thank you that you had mercy on each one of us, that you have called us in to you. You have called us. You set us apart. You knew us before we were formed in the womb of our mother. You knew us before we were even conceived, and you placed an assignment on us in, in heaven and sent us down here for a purpose, to fulfill your will. Whatever that purpose and will is, Lord, here we are. Let your will be done in our lives. Lord, we ask that the anointing would come and flow. And uh, for every technical measure is a high-tech countermeasure, and I'm probably the culprit of that problem. And Lord, I ask for your help tonight. For even though I was prepared, I, I don't have my proper notes in front of me. And Lord, I just ask that you would reveal your word and your thoughts that I had made written come before in the Spirit, Lord, and let it come forth so that this message is pure and holy before your eyes and it's it's from you and nothing from my intellect or my abilities it's all because of you lord we give you the praise and glory in jesus name amen tonight's message is the last day started with pentecost the last days started with pentecost we're still in acts chapter two i don't know how much longer we'll be here but the tonight we're going to uh, look at what Peter was talking about in Acts chapter 2 when he was referring to the book of Joel, when the Lord will pour out of his spirit, I'm sorry, when, when, men, uh, when our, our daughters and sons will begin to prophesy and the old men will dream dreams and he'll pour out of his spirit in the last days. And Peter just went through, and 120, just went through this Pentecostal experience that Jesus had promised, would, was promised from the Father if they would go and wait. And it was witnessed by a multitude of people from all over the world, basically, who were of Jewish descent, but were, multi, you know, let's say like second or third, maybe sixth generation descendants of Jews in the foreign lands. So they were already had different customs, even though they carried the Jewish custom within their native customs. And they believed according to the Jewish faith. And even though they spoke in their native tongue from the foreign lands, they were able to have the, the knowledge that was being spoke by the languages that the Holy Spirit gave the apostles, which they had no knowledge of. They're unlearned people, remember. They're from Galilee, and that was considered a place where they didn't have the privileged education of the Levi education the priesthood education. So they had to go to the synagogues to hear the priest and the Levites teach and speak from the Word of God. And they would read from the Torah and the various books and scriptures, and that's how they did. That's kind of how we follow today as our church. We kind of follow similar to what they did in the synagogues. Okay? Anyway, so something happened. Many people witnessed it, the, the 120 people were filled with this Holy Ghost. They were speaking in, a, in many languages that were being understood by people in the streets. There was this flame of fire dancing on the head. I like to say dancing. It was flaming 
on the top of their head it was split like a forked tongue the scripture uses so I would say it was a flame that was kind of split down the middle but one flame one flame but split okay representing the Father the Son and I believe even the Holy Spirit but I think that the split means it's one flame by the Holy Spirit but split but representing the Father and Son and <clears throat> something very powerful and at the point the people accused them of being drunk I would agree they appear to be drunk, but not of wine, but of the new wine, praise God. The new wine of the Holy Spirit, because they were a new wineskin. So God was able to pour out of his spirit into a new wineskin, a new wine. And they were drunk because they had encountered this powerful new wine. And I can't help but remember and reflect back when Jesus did his very first miracle after coming out of the 40-day fast, he took the disciples with him to a wedding celebration of some sort, and they ran out of the wine. Everybody was, you know, having a nice time, having a good party, and they ran out, and they tur he turned to water and wine, and the head, the masters of ceremonies, the master of the wedding, the person in charge of the festivities said, wow, this is really good wine. It's better than the latter. It's better than what we had before. This is a promise to us that, yes, we have this God, but you're going to get something even better from him. What is that? You're going to not only get God, but you're also going to get filled with the Holy Ghost, the holy wine, the spiritual wine from God, which is the fountain that flows in you, that fills you and fills your cup, and it overflows with abundance. Amen. Oh, man, I'm preaching. I ain't started yet. Praise God. And I want us to capture what's happening here. And not only capture not the, the detail of the, of the text, but capture what's happening in the spirit world. Capture what's happening in and way things are happening in God's transitioning from the ancient days of the men of old and our patriarchs to what he has coming for us. And as I said, the title of this message is The Last Days started with the day of Pentecost. That was the beginning of the last days. That's the start of the last days until Jesus comes again because we have this Jesus that was on this earth, and we still have him, right, in spirit and through our faith. But we got this new wine. We got this, yeah, that wine was good, but we got this really good stuff now, something coming directly from the Father, his spirit, the Holy Ghost. Many people take the position that the last days begin with either the false prophet when the false prophet appears or when Jesus returns. So a lot of us are, are, we have been trained to think this way that the last days begins when, if you believe in the pre-trib rapture, which is completely false, that you're going to be taking it. That's the end of the days and you're going to escape it. That was your last day. No, that's not. The last days began at the day of Pentecost when we were filled, when the body of Christ was filled with God's spirit based on faith, and then we were filled with the Holy Ghost, be able to do the things of God as He willed. You know, healings, casting out demons, uh, and other things that show proof in the power of God, whether it's the gifts of the Spirit or other great miraculous. You know, one of the gifts is the gift of miracles. 
okay? Every one of us has the ability to operate in all gifts. You know, the gift of the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, the gift of discernment, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of interpretation of, of tongues, and the gift of prophecy, and the one that everyone forgets, the one that everyone doesn't want to pray for. They want all that other cool stuff, but they forget the most important one, in my opinion. I know, I know Paul says pray for the gift of prophecy that we all should have it. But I tell you, the prophecy can't happen unless you have the gift of faith. The gift of faith. Nobody prays and wants the gift of faith. Who is walking around with great faith? We can't even find miracles happening in the body of Christ right now. I mean, they, they do happen. Don't get me wrong. But not like in an abundant way. You have to kind of fight them or you hear about them through the, the grapevine, if you will. There's, there aren't. We're not seeing what Peter experienced and what the 120 the 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 12 or yeah the 12 apostles because they had just added matthias the 12 apostles and and the 3000 there we're not seeing where men are coming out with the power of god preaching the gospel miracles are happening people are like wow this is of god and then their belief their hearts are transformed they're starting to believe and then they're being baptized and filled with the holy ghost being baptized in water and being baptized in the spirit filled with the holy ghost and we're not seeing that most churches don't even believe that that Holy Ghost is for them. And I would say that why would you not want all of God and only want part of it? They believe, oh, that was back then. It's not now. Yes, it is, because not only am I filled with it, but there are many other people I know. And there are many people operating in many of the gifts, including myself. And you're selling yourself out and you're believing a lie if you don't believe that. I can tell you right now, I don't care. There's a, there's a lot of churches around here, the Baptist the Southern Baptist Convention is headquarters in Nashville. The Church of Christ is located here in Nashville. Those are just some of the few churches based in the Nashville area that don't believe in that. They know that it happens because they hear about it all the time, but they refuse in their doctrine to accept it or allow it to manifest. And I can tell you that you're refusing God. You're refusing the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be accounted for that one day. When you quench the spirit, even if you're a pastor and you see the manifestation of God on another person, and you prevent them from operating the gift and you quench the spirit, you will be held accountable. And, and I hope you repent of that right now and get straight with God. There's a lot of pastors who shut people down, who, who are getting. And I know there's an order of things. Don't be wrong. But the reason they're rejected, the reason they're pushed out, the reason that they don't want it is because they have fear. And they don't even understand it because they don't understand God. They, they, don't, they, they don't have it. So they, how can they go to a level if they don't have that level? They can't present a level unless they've gone to that level. You know, you can't, you can't be a paratrooper unless you are a paratrooper. You can't, you know, you can go to airborne school and learn how to jump out of an airplane. That doesn't make you a paratrooper. You only get five jumps. You become a paratrooper when you get that sixth jump. So all my buddies out there who have ranger tabs, who went to the ranger school, but never served in a ranger regiment, you're not a ranger. You just go up to the school and got a certification. You're not airborne unless you were part of an airborne unit. You got the badge, shows that you went there and done that, but you're not a paratrooper. You're not air assault unless you served in the 101st Airborne Division or in a unit that performs air assault operations. You see what I'm saying? You can be a scuba diver, but you're not a Navy SEAL 
unless you're part of a Navy SEAL team. You see what I'm saying? You got to be part of the spirit of God's team. You got to not only go through that, but you got to be filled with that. That's who you got to be. And you got to report to God accordingly. Amen. Okay, enough on that. So anyway, let's get into this. The last day started at the Day of Atonement, which is what it was really called, the, the Atonement Feast. It's 50 days after the Passover. This is, this is supported by the book of Acts, chapter 2. When Peter referred uh, to the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. So let's talk about this. Peter was saying, let me explain what just happened to me. I just got this revelation. So the gifts of the Spirit was wisdom and knowledge. So somehow he, through the spirit of God, which is understanding, you get the fear of God, but he got this understanding like, I can't explain what happened except by relating to what Joel was talking about in chapter two in the scriptures, when he said, I'm going to pour out of all my flesh and my sons and daughters will prophesy and my old men will dream dreams and my, my men servants and maidservants will, will prophesy and all this other stuff. He said, that's what just happened to us. We're not drunk on wine. Yes, they are. The new wine, the spirit of God. But... To explain what just happened, we're seeing scripture fulfilled and it just happened and you just witnessed it. And he was trying to explain it to them because they were Jews and they knew the scriptures. And he was trying to connect them to the fulfillment of scriptures and the things to come. I mean, wasn't Joel referring to the great, and, and I'm talking about Joel chapter 2, especially verse 28 in this. Wasn't Joel referring to the great manifestations of the power of God? He, God, being manifested in and through us. Look, if you're able to do great miracles and healings and prophesy and other great things of, that only can come by God, that's of God. And he gets the glory. So I didn't do it. That's God. Come, that's what Peter was trying to say. This isn't us getting drunk and acting silly. We're, we can't control this because God is shut up in our bones. And we can't hold it in because it came out. Amen. <laughs> This is what Joel was referring to back in the ancient days when he was prophesying about the fulfillment of God's spirit. So let's continue here. God is in the preparation. So the, the purpose of God being manifested through his people in such a great way of the power of God is the preparation of the great and terrible day. This is the scripture. This is what the scripture calls it. The great and it's a great day for some, and it's a terrible day for others. How about that? It's a great day for those who don't get the mark of the beast, who, who are called by the name of God, and they're operating in the full power of God, but it's a terrible day for those wicked people. So they call it the great and terrible day of the Lord, known as the coming of the Messiah, coming of the Christ, the rapture, the advent, or some people call the second advent, being filled with the Holy Ghost, as described by Joel in chapter 2, specifically, is the preparation of the great day of the Lord when he returns, when Christ returns. We cannot be the remnant. You cannot be a remnant unless... You are filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about by salvation. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. No. I'm talking about by the manifestations of God's power working through you. By the, in the gifts of the Spirit. 
And I believe there's actually more gifting, by the way. I think there's those are some that are captured by Scripture, but I think there's other things can have. I think people who see things in the Spirit is a gift. There's people who see things happening. They see Christ. They see things in the Spirit world. That's a gift. There's people who teleport like Philip did. That's a gift, is it not? He teleported to the eunuch. That's from the Holy Ghost. So I think there's... These are probably the nine main gifts in which we will see most of, but I don't think it's the only gift. Someone who can play music prophetically, who just gets inspired by the Holy Ghost movement, and then it causes you to get the fear of God, and you begin to weep and come into the counter of God, that's a gift, is it not? That's an anointing. An anointing is a gift. The anointing is God on you and what the work he wants you to do with him working through you. Is it not? It's that oil poured over, extra crushing and extra pressure to give you a new oil because you have a new wine. Man, this is like good stuff. Good stuff. I hope you're getting it. And thanks for the hearts over there. And uh, James, uh, I know I know you. Good to have you with us, Doug. It's great having you. And Kevin, thanks for joining for a little bit. Those are the people I know that are with us tonight, maybe others on other platforms. You cannot be a remnant unless we are filled with the Holy Ghost. There's no way you can make it. And I'm going to get into what Joel says. See, we only looked at verse 28, but that whole chapter, there's a lot to be said there. And I want to bring that into perspective tonight. To bring the return, look, we got to have the Holy Ghost in order to bring prepare the stage for the coming of God or the coming of Christ. Okay. That great day of the Lord, the Lord needs his people to be filled or excuse me, needs his people to fulfill scripture in order to bring the kingdom of God. He needs us. We have to prepare the, the earth for his return. Now, if everybody is gone away somewhere in some magical secret takeaway, who's going to prepare the earth for the return of Christ? And which return are you referring to, by the way? Wait, there's that secret one, and then there's the one spoken about in Matthew 24 and other places, too. That's not the same thing. It's just not there. Anyway, the Lord needs his people to fulfill the scripture for the kingdom of God. He needs us to fulfill it because we have a work to do. By the power of God. And God's people need the Holy Ghost to fulfill God's will. Isn't it God's will for every... It's God's perfect will for every man or every person to be saved. There's a great harvest. And Jesus tells us to pray to the master of the harvest so that there's more laborers. How are you going to win people to Christ if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost? How are you going to get them to... You know, how is the Lord going to use you? Do you think you're going to be able to preach a powerful message? Well... Look, the first evangelistic event happened on the day of Pentecost after Christ. I'm talking about Christ. You know, obviously Christ led a lot of people to believe upon him when he was here in person. But the first great revival without the presence of Christ and by the Holy Ghost was done at the day of Pentecost by the power of the Holy Ghost. 3,000 people came to Christ. Amen. So he needs us to bring in this great harvest. And if everyone is gone, how's that going to happen? How's that going to happen if you're not here? We got to be here. 
to bring in the harvest and do our part, fulfill the will of God. Amen. Praise God. And by the way, you may call in at any time. The, the, the call number is on the screen, and we have one already, and we haven't even gotten into our scripture. Okay, Chuck, would you like to introduce our first caller, please? Okay, this is Heather calling in from Newfoundland and Labrador. Go ahead, Heather. You're on with the Colonel. Hello, Heather. Hi, nice Carol. to have you from Newfoundland. How are you? Long time. Yeah. How's your son? I just wanted to... Oh, this is what I was calling for. I wanted to give you an update. Okay. Uh, my son, Liam, has... Uh, he's, well, that week that you prayed with him, mm -hmm. uh, things started to unfold. Mm -hmm. uh, I went away to a conference um, in uh, Saskatchewan, in Upper Canada, mm -hmm. and I had met a young man, divinely by God, who kind of set up... Um, a, uh, a drug rehab, and anyway, Liam contacted him uh, not long after the phone call with you, and he's been up there a month now, and he's saved, and he's been baptized, and he's <laughs> transformed, he doesn't swear, he said God took it, and uh, he's doing wonderful. Praise God. Well... You know, I just want to say that, yeah, amen. Uh, we, you know, I just kind of led the prayer, but there were many other people agreeing and praying as well. Um, That's right. So, you know, I want to bring the, the Church of Seed Time Harvest Ministries as, as the collective group who came in mass and were two or three are gathered in his name and believe. There I'll be in your midst. And when you come together and believe, or two or three come and gather and pray and believe without any doubt it shall be done and and praise god and and i know you know and i know that he has a some kind of work and calling upon his life and there is redemption yes. there is salvation he's got a way to go but he he's on his way he you know he's at least started and and that's praise god I give god the glory father I just thank you for the work that you've done in in leon and lord i ask you to touch heather and and the, her husband and Lim, Lord, that you would move upon them mightily, and Lord, that there would be no doubt and fear enter into his mind, and Lord, you'd strengthen him to overcome, Lord, for because they came, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the power of their testimony, and Lord, give him a great testimony so that others may overcome, and I thank you for a caring and loving mother who petitioned the Father who said, I'm not leaving here until you deliver my son. And Lord, I thank you that you've made a way and you're using many people. And I think I prophesied that too. I, may, I can't remember exactly, but yes. I did prophesy something yes. like that. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord, for giving us an affirmation. We'll give you the glory. It's all the Lord, the Lord working upon him. And then he put a, a loving and caring mother and father in his life to... to uh, help get it done so praise god thank you for letting us know i appreciate that well i never thought that he was going to be sitting on the opposite end of the country <laughs> where'd he go i tell you he's moved quite a ways he's close to you chuck alaska wow I just 
want to let him know that. Is he still in Canada, um, or did he go okay, into Alaska? Well, while I'm here, I just want to, I have a, uh, a girl here with me tonight. She's a youth, and she's actually Ojibwe. She's uh, listening, and I just basically told her about the radio station. Her name is Bethany, and uh, she's actually um, hoping to get into the School of Social Work, and she's studying here tonight, and she would like for some prayer that she would get in the faculty. Okay. Uh, Stephanie, are you on the microphone so I can talk to you? Bethany, I'm just going to give it to you. It's just a second there now. Hello? Hi. It's Stephanie, right? Um, Bethany, like... Oh, Bethany, excuse Mary, me. Mary, Bethany? Bethany, yes, like Bethany... Yeah, yeah. Like Bethlehem, Bethlehem. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nice having you. Uh, thanks for calling in, and thanks for asking for prayer. So y you, you're studying, and, and you, your heart's desires is to be put on faculty, um, uh, I guess, to, to be able to do what you're called to do in, in, this, in the regular world, right? complicated oh complicated okay well we may not have time for complicated but that's all right well anyway that's you, you're being yeah. you want to be called into a faculty position is that my understanding oh no no i want to get in the faculty of social work as a university student ah okay you want to yeah, get I into don't school work in the like okay i'm sorry somehow i misunderstood um things i'm glad you clarified all right, no, it's good. You want mm -hmm. to get into school? I got you. Very good. All yep. right. All right. Let me just let's pray, Lord. Uh, everyone that's listening, let's just pray for Bethany, and let's lift her up and and her heart's desire is to go to school, and let's just touch and agree that Lord's will be done in her life. Father, just thank you for this child that you've given us, and Lord, I just ask you to touch her heart. And Lord, for she sees her path in front of her, and she needs a way and a means. Uh, she has a way, but she needs means. Lord, I ask you to touch it, and Lord, and bless it, and flourish it, Lord. And also, I ask you to put her in front of people, and Lord, that she would find favor with strangers, that you would touch her, Lord, and the people around her. And Lord, that whatever her hand touches, Lord, that it would prosper in this area, so people see a value in her. Lord, I ask you to move upon her, Lord, and also I ask you to give her, give, not saying that you don't have wisdom, but just give her the unique wisdom she needs in order to communicate to educators in a way that they would understand her need and vice versa. Help her to understand them so that she would know how to position herself to be recognized as a value to the institutions so that she can get accepted and get in. And Lord, I ask that you would release the grants and the scholarships and the fellowships and all those things that you have control over to begin to shower and release those to her. And Lord, I ask you to give her the transportation she needs and the places to live. And Lord, I also ask you, I, I, I don't know why I'm praying this, but also I, I see the Lord just opening doors for you to even have new clothing and and just to, you know, get you, not that you need them, but or, or maybe it's just some new clothing, some things that just will be like fresh, like a fresh start for you. So the new clothing represents the, the new beginning and the, and the fresh start. 
that you're putting on a, a new garment, if you will. And Lord, I ask that this garment would have the righteousness of God over it and that it would not wear out. I'm, I'm not talking about the garments. I'm talking about the, the righteousness of God. That it would be like a spiritual cloak about her, Lord. And it begin to move upon her in a, in a mighty way. But Lord, I also to use her voice, use her voice to bring calm and peace into situations. For the Lord says, blessed are the peacekeepers. And Lord, let her be blessed, Lord, in this and keeping peace and where contention may concern, Lord, that you would use her and use her, you know, give her wisdom beyond her years to be able to speak peace that would even confuse the wise, confuse and confound the wise, Lord, because there's such truth to the matter. But Lord, let it be done in love and the humbleness of God. And Lord, I ask that, that the things that she does and she's going to be stepping into also, that it would be from the humbleness of, of your heart and the sweetness and the gentleness, Lord. The Lord says that your favor comes from my spirit, for where my fruit is, is, is where there's favor. So the Lord wants you to know that what he's trying to tell you, and let me try to make that a simpler way to what he's saying is, Produce spiritual fruit, and the spiritual fruit produces favor. That's what the Lord says. Okay, I don't know if you know what the fruit of the Spirit is, but I encourage you to look it up and, and read those and study and let it get into your heart so that your heart is connected to your mind and, and, and the things of the heart will come forth. And so it, the Scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the, the mouth speaks, so that when situation has arrived, that the fruit of the Spirit would would manifest itself through your mouth, through your actions, so that you will gain favor. The Lord says you gain favor from the fruit in which you produce. That's the word of knowledge and wisdom given to you tonight by the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, and I hope that you're not a stranger, and I hope that you would uh, continue to listen or watch however you find it's easy for you when you are driving or have not, not much to do uh, but mm -hmm. uh, God bless you Bethany yeah and, and also uh, Heather thank you for calling in yes thank you I just wanted to just let you know really quickly about Bethany when she finished high school she just she went uh, underground to uh, Jordan uh, with YWAM um, and uh, she, uh, this is a special girl, so when you prayed and got those words, it just doesn't surprise me one bit. <laughs> Very good. Praise God. Well, thank you for sharing that. Well, it's such an interesting story. I'd love to hear it sometime. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right, God bless you. God bless you, too. We'll be listening. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Okay, Chuck, is there anybody else that we need to, is listening tonight that we need to bring on? No, there's nobody else right at, at this time. Okay, well, thanks. We'll get, get going here in verse 4. All right. I, I'm going to apologize. I had everything prepared, and somehow I got, during my saving and, and uh, moving files around, I got the wrong thing. And, but we're coming from Acts chapter 2, we're starting with verse 4, and I feel like I've 
lost my notes. So um, I'm just going to depend upon the Lord. I've already asked Him to help me in this tonight. And hopefully it's, it's a value to you under the anointing of God. So verse 4 says this, And they are filled, speaking of the 120 in the upper room, and they are filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other, the scripture says tongues, but in other languages as the Spirit gave them the words or the utterances. Isn't that interesting? People call this, there's kind of a, uh, a new way of saying speaking in tongues, they say the heavenly language or the spirit language. They're, because it is, it's, it's, it's a language that's only understood by things of the spirit, of the heavenly, of the righteous and heavenly spirit. And when you pray, you know, that's why you don't show it out because it just kind of confuses people. And it kind of puts them in a fear factor because it looks crazy sometimes. But we do pray when the body comes together, they do do it, and you do it usually to yourselves. But when it's to the when you pray over the congregation in tongues or the group, there should be some form of interpretation. And actually, the scripture says two or three. There should be two or three to affirm that word. And a lot of times, most churches, if they do practice this, they don't have two or three people who are filled with the Holy Spirit enough to be able to interpret, or let me rephrase that. That probably wasn't an appropriate way of saying it, but they are filled with the Holy Ghost, but probably uh, not sure of themselves because they don't do it that much. And I'm sure that they're seeking their heart, and they probably do get the words that they just don't feel the freedom to release it. Let me tell you, um, a lot of churches won't, unless you're like really close to the pastor, won't let you do that. They won't let you speak uh, with a prophetic interpretation. And so there is this little, there is the lack of freedom in the spirit in groups, uh, in gatherings as a result of this, because you don't feel like you're the inner circle or the pastors have enough trust in you to do this. And, and I get it. They, they're in charge. You're under their covering and you should do things in order. But what happens is, uh, I remember the first time that I remember uh, when I was maturing in the spirit, I, I went up, I felt I was called by the Lord to go minister prayer to somebody. And I went up there and placed my hand on their back and began to pray. And you know, the, the elders of the church nudged me out. They didn't like push me out, but they began to nudge me out, pushing me, kind of forcing their body on me and causing me to go. And then another was another time when I actually had a prophetic word and I was speaking to someone and they, they ensured that I was interrupted. Just so you know, those two men who did that, they dropped dead. Not that instant, but one of them dropped dead a year or two later and the other one uh, died rather quickly as well. And I, I, I can't explain it, but be careful when you touch the righteous. Be careful touching the righteous, when they're operating, especially when they're operating under the anointing and you force people, be careful. That, that can happen. And I remember other times where, uh, you know, I was already established in a, in, a, in a church and I had a word to give. And the, the people uh, were 
blood related to the pastor and they began to take the microphone. I didn't have the microphone. I was just speaking and began to get louder so I would be drowned out. And uh, that was done deliberately for whatever reason. I don't know. I'm, you know, maybe they didn't, you know, and that's what I'm saying is, is that there's this quenching of the spirit. Either they feel like they're the only ones that need to be doing things in the ministry. And if you're not like up there in their little group and up there in their, you know, been through their little checkbox of schools and certifications that you're not qualified. I can tell you, Peter had no certifications. He just had the Holy Ghost. He didn't have seminary. He didn't have Bible school. He just had, he was just filled with the Holy Ghost. Not only that, but all the other disciples were filled as well. It's just Peter was kind of the, he was the rock. You know, and the gates of hell were not going to prevail against. He was the starting of the church. He was the one that led the first group of 3,000 to Christ. Okay, so that's why he got it. But all those other men did great things in the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, let's continue here. Let's look at, oh, well, we got another caller. Chuck, you want to introduce our hey, next caller? This is Jared. Jared. Yeah, this is Jared calling in. Jared, you're on, you're on with the colonel. Hello, Jared. Welcome. Where are you calling Hi. from? Uh, Minnesota. Hello, Jared. Hello. Yeah, where are you calling from? Oh, uh, Minnesota. I couldn't hear you. What? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota, okay. I, I was having a little trouble hearing you. One sec, let me check. I'm plugged this. No, I hear you now. Hello? Yeah. Is it better now? Yeah, it's good. Okay, what do you want the Lord to do for you tonight, Jared? Um, I have a doubt. Like, you were just speaking. Like, I was like, okay, Lord. Uh, like, he's going to have to say something for me to call in. You know, you spoke right on the context of what I'm feeling right now. Um, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit. I, you know, I, I don't know. Just doubts. Okay. Well, what makes you think you oh, don't the have Spirit the Holy Ghost? Um, well, like, I've, it's just like, you know, like, sometimes I hear people, oh, you have it. And then other people, oh, you don't have it. spoke right on the context of what I'm feeling Hang on, right hang on, hang on. That was me. I don't know if I have that was me doing something on the... I, I've got to control all these things in here, so sorry about that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, that We were getting feedback from oh, something from one of the computers. All right. So What's going on? That was me. I apologize for the feedback, everybody. I'm still... I'm having to engineer everything on this on this stream, and so I'm not going to get on and tell you everything I'm doing, but I'll, some other day. So, all right. Do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? Um... I believe so. That doesn't sound very affirmative to me. So let's just start there. I know. Let's just start there. Just <laughs> Let me just ask you some questions. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Yes. Okay, that's a good start. Do you believe Jesus was sent by God to come on this earth? Yes. Good. Do you believe Jesus was crucified because of our sins and then rose on the third day? Yeah. Okay, do you believe Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father? Yep. Very good. All right. So conceptually, in the concept of theology, this is kind of where I was. I believed, I embraced that theology, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. However, most of my life, I had no heart transformation. Okay, that means I didn't have love in my heart. I didn't really, yeah, I conceptually in my mind... I believed, but I didn't have a transformation of heart. And I think what you may be experiencing, the reason you have doubt is because you're, you're recognizing 
that you're lacking something from the inside out. So let me ask you this. Are I feel you, something in my chest. You feel something in your chest right now? Tell me about that. Yeah, it's, it's like, that's the thing. Like, I don't want a false Holy Spirit, like a Kundalini or something, people say. Um, like, it's like uh, uplifting. I felt his love before. Like, yep. I was going through a Chick-fil-A, and this girl said, brother, and I, was, I started crying, actually. Okay. Well, well, let's start with the heart. You know, salvation comes by you believing out of the heart and not out of the mind. <laughs> and we can't confuse the two, because I believed out of my mind, but didn't have belief out of my heart. And I think that's the problem with Christianity today, is there's a lot of people who embrace the, in the theology and the thoughts and the understanding of a idea, but the love of Christ hasn't come into their heart. Many Christians, I was like that for many, many years and was very established in the church. Okay, so let's start with the heart. Let's start with the heart. So you felt the love of God. And that's why you believe because you, you did experience something in your heart, right? Well, that was after many miracles. Yeah, that was what many miracles. I didn't catch that. <clears throat> That was after many miracles. After many miracles. So, like, I prayed for that a while ago. Prayed what? Uh, to feel his love. Yeah, okay. I believe that you, you are saved. Okay, so the scripture says, if you just call out my name, you shall be saved. But let's go further. Mm -hmm. Let's go further. You, you know, you're now, you've now entered into what the scripture calls into the sheepfold. You've entered in through Christ, and you're there. Now it's time to allow Christ to lead you in and out of the, the doorway into his pastors, okay? And, and I know that's a lot of uh, symbolism I'm talking about, a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know, just, just words there, but what I'm trying to say is, is now it's time to walk in the faith that you just now professed, okay? And... I got to ask you something. Are you battling with lots of temptation? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, it's okay. So let me tell you something. You're what you're, what's happening is, is now you have the spirit of God in you. And now all, now you recognize and you've got temptations and you know, you're not supposed to be doing those things. That's a good thing because the Holy spirit is telling you, wait, I'm not supposed to be doing this or saying that or, Whatever it is, we're not here to get into the details. But you recognize it's not right, and therefore you feel like dirty. Okay, It's because what's happening is the Holy Spirit is quickening you, bringing it to your attention, recognizing that, you know, I don't feel good enough to come before God because I'm supposed to believe this, and here I have sin in my life. Is that what's happened to you? Am I, am, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but That's I want to. That's crazy. Yeah, no, 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 hundred no, percent. Because like, I do a lot of sin still. Yeah. Well, guess what? Most, some of it go. I can't say most. Yeah, most Christians are like that. Most people who profess Christ still battle in the flesh, and it's not a demon; it's a flesh thing. Okay, your flesh desires <laughs> sexual perversions. Your flesh desires addictions. Because the, the flesh wants to be attached to something. Your flesh, it wants to join. It's like, you know, that's why you join with your wife. You become one, one flesh. Your flesh desires to join with something that gives it pleasure. That's all sin is. 
It's either pleasure yeah, or it's just or it's just rebellion. And so you're what's happening is now you have to come into the conscientious decisions of saying no, I resist the devil, I resist the temptation, and you must flee now in the name of Jesus. Okay? All right. You got to walk in this. You got to trust the Lord. And the more, here's the thing, the more you resist, the stronger you become. It's just like working out and lifting weights. The more weight that you resist when you push, invisibly, your muscles get stronger. And sometimes you can feel the pain of it. Sometimes resisting your devil is arduously painful. Just like after you lift weights and you feel your muscles growing and being sore because you're being beaten by the weights. But guess what? Once you grow callous or once you grow up, okay, because you're growing up, because then that same weight doesn't offer any pain anymore. And you say, oh, that's no problem. I can push that to the side. That's how temptation is. The more you resist, the stronger you become because you're trusting in the Lord and your spirit grows stronger. Okay? Your spirit grows stronger Mm -hmm. as a result of it. Um, I personally don't discern a demonic power over your life. Some deliverance ministers say, oh, you got to be delivered from this and that. No, you, you don't. You need to be delivered from yourself is what it is. It's you who desire those things and want to do those things and say those things and think that way. you got to be renewed in your heart and your mind. And the renewing is recognizing the thoughts that are wrong, getting them captured, saying that's a wrong thought. Now I need to meditate on those things that are humble, noble, good, and righteous. Those good things, those good thoughts, which is Christ Jesus. Thinking about how much he loves you and what God did to send his son for you because he loves you so much. He did that. You got to start getting your mind wrapped about the awesomeness of God. The more awesomeness of God that you get wrapped around your mind, the more fear of God you have. And when you have to fear God, you don't sin. Why? Because you fear God. Because you know that's wrong. Amen. Which I think you got some of that. I, I believe you have some fear of God because you're recognizing, hey, I, this, am I even saved because of I don't feel like it because I feel like out there on my own, I don't feel anything. You don't feel faith, okay? You just know faith. You just say, I know this for sure because God says so. It's just like, um, have you ever seen anybody when they show faith, they say, I know I'm going to win this race, or I know I'm going to uh, get the job, or whatever. They're determined. They're determined, and that's how Mm -hmm. faith is. You're determined to believe. You're determined to trust. You're determined not to sin. I resist it. I'm not going to do that anymore. And that's faith. You can't feel faith. See, people say, Lord... Pray. I've had people, and, and I'm guilty. I, I even said this myself. I need, pray. someone pray for me that I would have more faith. God doesn't give out faith. Did you know that? God doesn't give you faith. He gives you the gift of faith once you feel the Holy Ghost. But faith in Christ Jesus comes from each one of us when we choose. We can choose Him or choose not to choose Him. Okay? 
But once we say, I choose, and yep. you've already in your mind have chosen this theology, but now we got to transfer that theology, that knowledge of, I embrace this, this theology, I understand the concept, and, and I embrace it. Now it's getting it in the heart that I do this not because I like this theology and it agrees with my, who I am, but now getting it into your heart that the faith is coming from the heart rather than the brain. Does that make sense to you? Does it make sense to anybody out there? Just send me a note. Put it on Facebook or YouTube that that makes sense to me. Wherever you are, on Periscope, Twitch. Does that, uh, is it Jared? Yeah. Jared, does that make sense to you? Faith comes from the heart, not the mind. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a brother? I don't. Or a sister? I have a bunch, yeah. Okay. Do you think they love you? My brother said, uh, I'm surprised you're still alive. I thought you were going to kill yourself. Well, glory to God, you know, he got me out of that. Okay, do you believe that he loves you? Do you believe your mother loves you? Let's put it this way. Do you think your mother loves you? Um, It's kind of, I think I've like uh, quenched love in my life. You know, when I felt the Lord's love, it's like, okay, now this this yes or no. Yes or no. Do you believe your mother loves you? Um, Yeah, they love me. Okay. Now, you know that, right? You know that because you know it in your heart, because you also love them or her. The, the love is mutual. You know that they love you because you've seen them manifest their love toward you. Now, we're all human, and they may say something or do something that you don't like. I, I do that to my daughter. I did that this weekend. I, I, I kind of snapped at her, and it hurt her feelings. And that wasn't love. That wasn't the love of Christ, for one thing. And and it wasn't a love of a father. And I had to re- repent before her throughout the day because of I felt so bad about it. And she just keeps forgiving me. Okay, Dad, I still love you. But I didn't, I didn't like myself. I'm mad at myself because of the lack of love. But I know that she loves me even though I did something that wasn't provoking love. Right? I know that in my heart. That's how the love of Christ is, the love of God is. You know in your heart that he loves you and you love him. Just as a loved one loves you or you love them. You know, the scripture says that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Why? Because he loves you and no one can take that love away. Just as I have a a daughter and I have sons, I love them all, uniquely and individually. And no matter what happens, no matter what they do, I'm still going to have that love for them from the heart and not from the mind. Oh, they're my sons and my daughters, and therefore I must think that I love them. No, at this point, it's from the heart and not from the head. And you have to have that, that faith. Your faith has to be founded in the love that you have for God in Christ Jesus. You understand? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, now let's pray. Repeat after me. Lord, forgive me my sins. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I don't want to do them anymore. I don't want to do them anymore. Renew my heart. Renew my heart. Reveal to me my sins. Reveal to me my sins. So that I may re- repent before the Father. So that I may repent before the Father. Lord, take... My Lord, take my doubt and unbelief away. My doubt and unbelief away. 
Restore me. Restore me. And heal me. And heal me. Deliver me from my sins. Deliver me from my sins. Your will be done in my life tonight. Your will be done in my life tonight. I surrender my thoughts to you. I surrender my thoughts to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. Praise God. Well, continue to seek God. Yeah, you're welcome. Continue to seek God. Get into the, your Word. I would say start in the book of John and just start reading the book of John. John does the best job, in my opinion, describing love. It's why this, he was the uh, John the Beloved. He truly loved Christ, and Christ truly loved him. And in my opinion, John gives the best description of salvation and love. And, and read that and come into the, I want you to study that in order to come into the understanding of God's love for you. And coming into that understanding will open your heart to receive more of God, if you will. Okay? And I want to share another thing with you. Like, you were speaking on, like, the post, our pre-trib uh, rapture and the post-trib, you know? Yeah. I've had many dreams of those things. And uh, it's like my parent, my mom, she was like, uh, Wherever, like, I don't know if they're full on believers, but they said, wherever you go, wherever Jesus leads you, we will follow. And it's like, you know, if, if we are not in the tribulation, like, I don't know if any people would be saved. It's just, we need to go through that. And it's yeah, absolutely. tormenting to see. Have we have to go through that. That are disgusting. Yep. Yeah, so I, I want you to ask your question one more time so I make sure I understand what you're real, truly asking. Ask, it, ask your question one more time. Just ask me a question. Me? Yeah. I, I'm, well, it was kind of a long statement, and then there was kind of a question thrown at the back end. So oh, no, I don't, I don't think there was a question. Yeah, there was. <laughs> That's all right. Like, I was just sharing that. I feel like I know some, like, I, it's got to be the Holy Spirit. You know, like, I, like my, I said in the chat, my spirit's like aligned with this guy so much, you know. It's crazy. Okay. Well, yeah. I can't. The, look, we have to, look. There's first of all the the pre-trib rapture is not mentioned anywhere in the Bible, okay, and it's not mentioned. There is a rapture, but it's not prior to the tribulation. The only thing I do is read John chapter twenty-four or any other the gospels that talk about the scripture. And the last thing that happens before Christ returns is the sun gets dark and the moon gets dark, and you know within that time frame that's when Christ comes. But there's a lot of other things that happen prior to his return. And so, and there's other tons of other scriptures that just validate Matthew 24. I mean, it's a volumes and volumes of information that support that. But yeah, anyway, Matthew 24, 14, like it says, yeah. will be proclaimed when he, when he is proclaimed across all the nations, then he then will come. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, the gospel has to be preached upon all the world, and there's going to be a great harvest, you know, during that time. Mm-hmm. There's, there's going to be such a great harvest, and Jesus tells us to pray to the master of the harvest because their labors are few. And there's also a promise that there's going to be a great falling away. Well, who's falling away? People are falling away from Christ. Christians. Yeah, and so a lot of Christians and, you know, other people, I guess, and and so that's why there's going to be few laborers. The people who, who, what's the word I should say? It's like, uh, wow, I just got revelation on that. It's like people who buy tickets to go somewhere and only a few people show up. 
Uh, you know, only a few. There's only a few. So I don't know how many. It's but, the falling away. Mm-hmm. Is the falling away like people that we didn't harvest? The scripture really doesn't say who the falling away is, but I, I interpret that as the falling away as those who profess think. Christ no longer, they fall in apostasy is what the, I guess the theological word is. They, they fall out of the faith of Christ into another belief, and, and that's the falling away. So, so think of it like this. Think of it like uh, you're the boss and you got all these people who, who work for you, and then all of a sudden a lot of them quit and walk out. That's happened to me, by the way. <laughs> and then you're only left with a skeleton crew to help run things until you're able to get everything in order. That's kind of what it's like. Think of it like being a boss and having a bunch of people showing up working, and everyone walks out like a strike. They just walk out and say, we, we're going to resist you. We're not going to support you. We're going to resist and come against you. It's like that. It's like people walk away. It's a falling away. There, there was this great number, and then, then there's not a great number. And, and so that is a representation of the, the false church, if you will, the, or those who come into the false doctrines, and, and only a remnant remains. You understand? Yeah. Great. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. God bless you, Jared. Let me just pray over you real quick. Father, I just thank you for Jared. Lord, I ask you to, to open his eyes to more of you. Open his eyes to the scripture. Open his eyes to the things of what you are and who you are. Open his eyes to your love. And Lord, I ask you to give him discernment to recognize false doctrine. Give him discernment of people who are trying to deceive him and confuse him who don't even know you and don't know your word. And Lord, that you would put a, a rod of strength in his spirit, in his spine. And it's funny, the Lord has just asked me to pray that way. And that's what I see is I see a rod of strength. I see a rod within your, like your, kind of like your backbone. I'm not going to say it's in your backbone, but it's like a Something that holds, makes you stand straight and erect. That there's no bending. That you can only, there's no slow, slot, slouching. You know how, like you're carrying a heavy burden. And I see the Lord taking you and and making you like a rod of strength. The Lord is getting ready to give you strength and to uphold great things. And the Lord is even telling me that people will depend upon you for your strength to help them through, for you become a rod of strength. But the Lord says it's not your strength, but it's my strength that, that upholds you. For you are in the palm of my hands, and I will carry you. And the rod of strength will be my strength, for I will come upon you, and I will strengthen you as a rod of iron. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the word for Jared. And Lord, I ask you to to bless him and Lord let him have the dreams tonight the dreams of you and the dreams of your spirit and the dreams that you desire him to have in Jesus name amen okay very good praise God thank you Jared go to our website and send me a note sometime let me know how things are going amen all right amen very good all right well let's keep going and I was in Acts chapter 2 verse 4 and what we're talking about is this speaking in this heavenly language. The scripture calls it speaking in tongues 
I think the heavenly language is probably a better interpretation of those words or what's really happening. Being that I do speak in tongues and many others, I think it's, I call it the heavenly language. Some people call it a prayer language because we may speak in tongues when we pray, and that's very appropriate to do that. You can be in a crowd and pray quietly in your prayer language. Amen. Without making a scene and trying to be the center stage. And you can pray humbly and meekly in your prayer language in a crowd without interrupting or disturbing anybody. Amen. I grew up in the days where uh, in the Pentecostal churches, oh my goodness, I was scared when I first experienced that as, as a child, as a kid. I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what was going on. No, I didn't. Didn't know it. And that was kind of, it kind of freaked me out. And, and it does other people, too, because they don't understand it. I didn't understand it as a child. And I think we're all like children. We, didn't, we don't understand the things of God. We're like children. And we need to get off the milk and get into the meat of the Word of God. And when we get into the meat of the Word of God and we begin to grow, and then the, the things and the more responsibility and the things, information, we begin to understand like a mature individual in the Spirit. Amen. And have I matured all the way? Absolutely not. I mean, God is a great God, and but I can explain a little bit of this because I have been able to experience some of it and other things too. Amen. So let's look at Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Signs will follow if you believe. And I would even go as far as signs will follow if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. In my name, they shall cast out demons. They they, who is they, who believe in Jesus Christ, and I would go as far as say, filled with the Holy Ghost. Because you have to have power to be able to do that, right? Now, how many, don't answer this question, I would say this, how many pastors you know have cast out demons? And do it, you know, I'll say not every day, but do it every now and then. Very few. And very few have ever cast out a demon. Most people run from that. They shy from that. They want it done in a separate room. And I would say the reason people want it done in a separate room is because it's done inappropriately. You know, there's a lot of yelling and this, that, and the other. Look, it doesn't take a lot of yelling. Your authority and the power doesn't come from the amount of volume and fervent voice voicing doesn't come from that. The louder you get doesn't make you more powerful, give you more authority. You can just say, come out in Jesus' name. Just talk. But you don't have to make a scene like a lot of these ministers do. And if you see me on any of my videos where I cast out demons, actually some of the videos I showed tonight, there's like little captures of people getting cast out and set free from demons. I just, I just sat down next to them very quietly and said, come out in Jesus' name. I didn't yell and and scream and you know scare people it scares people when you do that kind of stuff and act that way and it doesn't require it it doesn't require it jesus didn't do that and neither did paul or peter they didn't scream and yell and get all evangelistical on the scene they said by the authority of jesus christ or in the name of jesus christ and now come out and be made well or whole or healed or be set free that's all it takes. It just takes, just like you need to pray. When you pray, do you yell and scream? No, you just talk in your normal, 
talking voice, or you can even do it in the soft voice. And I use this example when I trained the School of Authority Evangelism. As a colonel, I didn't have to yell at my commanders, my subordinate commanders. And I didn't have to yell at the privates. I didn't have to yell at the sergeants. I just basically said what I wanted. I need you to do this. Yes, sir, they'd smart salute, they would smart and salute and they would move out smartly. And, and they would do it. And I didn't have to doubt that they wouldn't do it. Now, I would do some inspections and things like that just to, you know, show that I care and make sure it was done right. But I didn't have to yell at them. I could take orders and write it on a piece of paper or send an email and get it to them and they would obey. I didn't have to yell or scream. I could call them into my office or I could go to their location and I could give them a direct order. And legally and bindingly, because I had authority over them, they would have to obey. I didn't have to raise my voice. I could be on the other side of the earth and be talking through some form of communications over a satellite phone or over a radio or over some kind of secure webcam conference call and I could give them my guidance, my intent, and they would carry it. I wouldn't even have to put it in an order form. I would say, we need to do it this way. Or, can you do this for me? I could even say it nicely, and they would obey. When you have a power and authority, you don't have to act like, like some of these things we see out there. You don't have to do it. Why? Because I've been able to do it without all that that the. Uh, Drama and uh, theater, uh, I don't know what, what they call that in the theater where it's a lot of drama, theatrics. I can do it without the theatrics because I am a child of God and the Lord has given me authority over certain things. It's amazing that we have these people who do it a certain way. You know, I was in Panama this past December. And there's a church. I, it's first time I, it's a big church. It looks like a big church anyway. It's a big church. And and on Spanish, this pastor's called the the blowing pastor. He blows on people and they something happens to them miraculously. Like, I don't know, maybe demons come out, maybe they get filled with the Holy Ghost, maybe they start speaking in tongues. I don't know. I don't believe in that. I mean, yeah, let me rephrase that. Some of that is the is the is the theatrics of the stage. Look, Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on his disciples and nobody else. And they still had to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And that what scripture said? Before he ascended into heaven, he breathed on them the Spirit of God. But he told them that if you retain sins, it'll be retained. If you forgive sins, it will be forgiven. Big code breaker there. You got to understand that. But they still had to be filled with the Holy Ghost to be able to build the church. Look, it just takes an anointing. It takes being filled with God to win people to Christ. And we don't see people coming to Christ very much either. Even like myself, I embraced the theology of Christ, the Son of God, killed on the cross, died on the cross, resurrected by God the Father. I embraced that. I liked that. And I embraced it. But without the transformation of the heart, it is really nothing because it lacks love. Okay, so let's go. Let's go back. Mark sixteen verse seventeen. And these th these signs will follow them who believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues or spank, speak in a heavenly language. This is Jesus prophesying to the disciples 
if they believe this is what people will end up doing or things like this. You know, you may be casting out a demon or you may be speaking in some heavenly language. If you will just believe in me, I'm going to come and make sure the Holy Ghost fills you up. Well, in most churches, you don't see people casting out demons. You definitely don't see them praying in a heavenly language. Do they believe? Up here, maybe, in here, I'm not sure. Perhaps. I am I mean, not the judge, but it just seems like there would be signs that follow them who believe. And we're not seeing any signs happening in a lot of places. That's my whole point. Verse 5. And there were, and they, or excuse me, and there dwelling in Jerusalem. So here we go. We're going back in Acts chapter 5. In Jerusalem, living and happening in Jerusalem were Jews, devout men. So we knew, we know that they were very religious, very devout men to the Jewish faith from every nation under heaven. Well, at least of the known world at that time, right? And when this sound occurred, now, when this sound, the rushing mighty wind, and when the flame of fire began to appear upon their head, and they began to speak in these languages, okay? So this happened, they were, even though in this room, all these people in this, I don't know, great place where all these people could have been gathered, probably a large market area. Now, I've been to Pompeii in Rome, or not in Rome, but in Italy. And there, we saw how people conducted commerce. So they would have these various government buildings or, or commerce buildings kind of in a rectangular, various buildings, kind of like our malls. We have like shopping all the way, you know, all around in the middle or this big empty space where people can gather and they may have other vendors and that sort of thing. So imagine that where about 3,000, 5,000 people could cram in there and just so happened they were in this room above a retail store, perhaps, or a restaurant or something where there was an apartment style building where there was a, a, a room above another room. They were in the upper room, okay? Because the people were down on the first floor and they were above it. But from their vantage point, they could see what was going on in that upper room because they heard the big wind flowing that came out of nowhere and they saw the fire up on their head and they heard all 3,000 people of these heard them speaking, imagine 120 people speaking in foreign languages that could be understood by the representatives of the, of the nations that were in this great marketplace. So in their living in Jerusalem, at that time there were people staying and shopping, conducting commerce and business, were devout Jewish men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, I think it's the, all the sounds, the, the multitude came together, the, all the crowd came together, and were confused. They were basically, what is going on here? Not that they were confused, they were curious. What is happening up there? There's some kind of party, right? <laughs> look, they look a little drunk. Could they be drunk up there? What, who would act that way? Where would the sound come from? How could this happen if they weren't drunk, right? Because that was the flesh of the man speaking. But they were drunk in the spirit of the new wine because they are now a new wine skin to take in the new wine. Wow, callers tonight. Good good catch, Chuck. You want to introduce our next caller? Yes, this is uh, Chris calling in for prayer. Chris, you're on with the colonel. 
Hello, Chris. Where are you uh, calling hello, from? Uh, New York. Well, welcome from New York. How did you find out about us? Uh, thank you. Um, from a mutual friend in church, in an online church, she uh, had mentioned that you'd be on tonight. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, I, I don't know who that is, but thank you very much. I, I don't know. It may be Deanna. She does a lot of that. She has her like, online church going on. That's awesome. Very good. Okay. Uh, actually, Go ahead. Yeah, she did tell me, and uh, my friend Caroline. Caroline, okay. Awesome. Very nice. Well, we, we have a number of, I would say, family, if you want to say family, church family in the New York area. And, uh, so I'm just so glad that you could uh, join us tonight. What, what do you want from the Lord tonight, Chris? Uh, well, thank you. Uh, well, I'm calling in for uh, my healing to manifest a little faster. <laughs> Okay, what kind of healing do you want? And, uh, well, uh, in short, these issues I had as a kid uh, rarely have, in the past six years, kind of intensified on and off. And with the one main one being kind of a, a mental uh, issue, which is it's something called depersonalization or derealization. And it's, it, it basically just is like a foggy mind, but... but in a horrible kind of way, it's like things can be almost dreamlike, or yeah. where you're where you're almost fighting with reality, uh, and and that's just that's the mental part of it. But then then I've had the these symptoms, physical symptoms that I had as a kid, where I'd have these spasms in the center of my chest occasionally. That intensified over the past like six years, and I had one really bad one, and it and it affected my my. Uh, my energy level, my, uh, so I've had fatigue, I've had uh, numbness, and I used to get these, I would get these pains sometimes in my left side, uh, under my chest and under my ribs, and that has come back. Uh, not so much, I've been kind of feeling better the last, like, two weeks, Okay. Uh, because I, I did a fast, I did a fast last week, and, um, and then intermittent fasting, and just prayer like always, uh, but, but it'll... It's kind of been on and off the past six years. Okay. Are you suffering or have any symptoms right now? The only symptom now is that kind of constant one, which is the, the fogginess, the depersonalization. Okay. And that's, who, what kind of doctor diagnosed you with that? Who came up with that name? Nobody. That, that came from me just researching it because I didn't even actually mention that to the doctor. But, uh, Okay. Because I didn't actually have it when I was in the hospital. I had a seizure like six years ago. That's when it kind of all started okay. to, to really manifest. So, yeah, they didn't do that. They actually just found that I was dehydrated. but And I was hooked up to a heart monitor for like six months. Uh, so it was just for me researching it because I didn't think, I didn't know anybody else experienced that. Like it was it was so strange. I didn't think that could even be real. Like, But, but I experienced it first from smoking marijuana when I was, uh, like, in 1999 or 2000, early 2000, when I just got out of high school. and that, But I quit. It caused me to quit because it was so bad. But I had that. That was the first time I ever had that feeling, and it was that detachment feeling of, like, reality and being stuck someplace else. Okay. So, but I don't, but I stopped doing that. I don't even drink anymore, but, you know, I still have that symptom. All right. Okay, well, let me just 
let's just, I just want to pray just in general right now. And then I want to seek God on how to minister to you. Father, I just thank you for Chris, that you've given him courage to call in. And Lord, I ask you to begin to move not only upon him, but me, that I may have the knowledge. You give me the knowledge on how to minister and the discernment on how to minister. And also the others who may be listening, who may be able to intercede at the same time. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the work that you're going to do tonight. I thank you for the deliverance that's going to happen. I thank you for the healing. Lord, for he's tired of being tormented with these symptoms. And Lord, I ask you to move upon Chris mightily tonight, as you always do, and because you love your children, and you want to see, you, you want to love them. Lord, I thank you. I'm just listening, and I'm waiting on the Lord for a second. In the name of Jesus, all that mind control, all the fogginess and the cloudiness, all the disorientation, all the confusion, go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Come out of him now. Come out of his mind. Come out of his chest. Come out of his body in the name of Jesus, by the authority of Jesus Christ. Come out. Come out in the name of Jesus. You must leave him now. Come out, you harassing infirmity. Go in the name of Jesus. Come out of him now. Come out. Come out. Come out in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Mind, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be restored in the name of Jesus. All that sharpness, all that discomfort in the ribs, come out in the name of Jesus. You have no authority. You must come out in the name of Jesus. Come out now. Come out. All infirmities go in the name of Jesus. All curses that have been spoken and practiced over Chris, you're now broken in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, come out. Come out. All curses that have come through the bloodline, through family, through culture, come out in the name of Jesus. Come out and be healed in the name of Jesus. Also, the eyes, eyes be healed and restored, the clarity come into the eyes, and rest come upon him, that he would receive the rapid eye movement in his sleep. Eyes be healed and restored, come out, come out of the eyes, all infirmities, all sickness come out of the eyes in the name of Jesus, be healed, lenses and irises and all the entire eye be healed in the name of Jesus, come out. Come out, come out, all that sickness, come out. All the spirits that harassing him with torment and these kind of illnesses come out in the name of Jesus. Come out and be healed. You must obey the authority of Jesus and come out. Come out. Even that, I don't, I'm, I'm going to say some things, but please don't take it personal. That lying tongue, come out in the name of Jesus. Come out. Come out, you lying tongue. All falsehoods, all curses. All hatred, speech, and, and bitterness come out in the name of Jesus. Come out, and love be restored to his tongue. Come out in the name of Jesus. Come out. Come out in the name of Jesus. Chris, what are you experiencing? Any change? I don't. I don't notice any change. Mm -hmm. The only thing I felt was... Like early on when you were praying, I felt like just presence. 
Yeah. Okay. Like increasing. Praise God. And, and look, it's 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 Christ that does it. I'm just putting into action the things in the spirit just through the words, and it's Him doing it, doing it all. Father, I thank you for mm-hmm. your presence that came over Chris and the peace, the assurance that you were there with him. Lord, I thank you. And Lord, I ask you to begin now to restore him. And, and you know, I don't know, I, I, I sense the Lord doing something in your lower back, too. I, I, it's like I see the Lord, like, sticking his hand in something and just kind of, like, shaking something, you know, as if he's putting something back in place, something that's come loose or something. I don't know. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing to him. And, Lord, that he may walk righteous before you, Lord, that he would stand true in the word of God, and he would just stand and do all but stand with the full armor of God upon him. And, Lord, that that he may be able to withstand the fiery darts of temptation. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the work that you're doing in Chris and restoring him and healing his body. Even his feet, Lord, I thank you for the work that you're doing in his feet. I thank you. I thank you for the path that you're drawing him and making him. And I see him, I don't know, Chris, I just see you walking. I just see you walking fast and just deliberately in a direction as if you're focused and and going someplace and got to be somewhere. And Lord, I thank you for the callings you put on his life that he doesn't hesitate, that he'll step forth and follow you. And keep his eyes fixed upon you and your will, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Yeah, keep keep me informed. Go to seedtimeharvest.net and let me know. Send me a note. And when I do get emails from people who want prayer, I do stop and I, I take just a moment and I do pray. Uh, or and and here's another thing: is it really does me good. It helps me when I get a note from somebody saying, hey, this is, remember when you prayed this, or remember when I told you about this, and this is what the Lord's done. Because I, I like to hear the things that the Lord has is doing in or has done because He loves you. And I, I like that more than people asking me to pray all the time. And because, you know, I do care and I do pray, but it's just, it help, gives me the ability to pray even more because it builds my faith as well. Amen. Knowing right. that the Lord's at work. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for calling in. Uh, I would hope that you would share our ministry with your friends and people you know, and hope you hope you will join us again another time. Pastor Colonel. Yes. Can I ask something before you let him go? Okay. Um, Chris, are you still there? Yes. Thanks. Um, I heard you. I heard you speak something in a in a proclamation that I have this, like, I have this mind fog, I have this uh, condition and naming it. And when you did that, I felt like the Lord was saying, come out of agreement with these, these things, these infirmities, and come into agreement with healing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Colonel. Sure. Uh-huh. That's what I got, by the way, while you were ministering to him. Very good. Well, I'm so glad that people are calling in tonight. And we're here for you. It's not about me talking all night. It's really, it's about us, the church, ministering to one another. 
Amen. So, you know, I, tonight, the Lord's working differently tonight. I hope it's blessing you. I hope I'm bringing a word that, that helps bring understanding to who God is, who Christ is. But anyway, we're on verse 5. We're in Acts chapter 2, verse 5. And there were in the dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, under the sky, right? And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were, were confused because everyone heard them speaking in his respective national language. And I added the word national because it just, you know, because that's how they, they heard it. They heard it in their native tongue. Right. Verse seven. Then they were all amazed and marveled. Now they witnessed this mighty wind. They witnessed this fire and they witnessed these people being able to speak in a language they didn't know. But they were the people that were hearing them speak were able to comprehend or understand the languages in, that were being spoken by the people with the flame upon their head. Now, this is a miracle. I don't, well, I don't know. I, I mean, there's a couple ways we can approach this. I don't know if these people were speaking in the prayer language that we know as speaking in tongues, or if this was just a miracle in which God presented, and then it could be the gift of miracle where they were just praying and began to be able to pray or speak in a foreign language because they were able to understand. Or if they were speaking in tongues, so it could be another way. They were speaking in this prayer language and the people were able to hear what they were or interpret, I should say. They heard and interpret what was being spoken by the individuals. So regardless of how it really happened, this is really a gift of miracles occurring here. This is why they were amazed and marveled. They weren't amazed and marveled because the people were speaking in this Holy Ghost language, which I'm not sure if they actually were speaking in this Holy Ghost language. I think they were just speaking in foreign languages. Okay, the Pentecostals, because they take in that name Pentecost, they think they these people were speaking in the what people would say, the Holy Ghost, or speaking in the prayer language, or heavenly language, or speaking in the unknown tongues. Well, they were speaking in, the un, in, in, in these languages that they didn't know themselves, which was a great miracle. It's my opinion, and from Scripture, I take the position that the, it's the gift of miracles being manifested here, and not necessarily the gift of speaking in tongues. Now, perhaps the Pentecostals have taken this in the wrong interpretation of the scripture, that the Pentecostals will take this as they were speaking in that prayer heavenly language. Maybe they weren't. Maybe the, the, the interpretation is speaking in a unknown language may be different from praying in a prayer language. So the, the gift of speaking in tongues may be translated in speaking in an unlearned language that may be understood by others. I think that's two different things. Do you not? What we see here is someone was speaking in an unknown learned language that someone was able to understand. That's a great miracle. And I hope, I hope that we as a church 
who have taken on various doctrines don't misinterpret this this scripture as speaking in unknown tongues as the prayer language. I believe that we can pray in a prayer language. Yes, I do often, almost every day. And I, I, this may be the gift of speaking in an unknown, unlearned language that other people can understand. Isn't this what happened? Isn't this what happened? I have not actually had this gift, if this is the case. I have prayed in a prayer language, and I have been able to interpret that. But what I haven't done is be able to speak or pray in an unlearned language that can be understood by native speakers. That's a miracle I have not been able to do. And Lord, if it's your will, let it be done. Because when I travel these countries, I want to be able to speak their language so they understand. I don't want to have to go through an interpreter. Praise God. So we see here the first miracle that's done by the Holy Ghost is giving people the ability to speak in an unlearned language that can be understood by people who speak that language. Isn't that something? I always learned it as they were praying in this prayer. They were speaking in this heavenly language, and, and it was somehow converted into their native language, and they were understand. I don't think that's the case. I think these, the Holy Ghost came and gave them the, did a miracle, gave these people to be able to speak in an unlearned language that they didn't know. They haven't learned it, and these foreigners were able to understand it. And let me tell you why. Let's read the rest of the scriptures. They were amazed and marveled. Because they knew they couldn't speak that language, right? Saying that to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? All these people up here, how do they know our language? That would be like me going to India and speaking in all 30 Indian languages. The Hindi, the, the, the Tamalai, and the whatever, the, the, all the languages. I mean, there's like 30 of them. And sometimes the Indians have to have interpreters because they don't know the, the native tongue of that region of India. It's a funny. It's, I've, I've seen it where someone has to interpret me and then they have to be interpreted by another language. And it's like three or four people have to interpret because there's so many people having to pass it down. It's, it's funny. It's amazing. But I would like to be under such power of God to be able to speak without an interpreter. Well, that's what this happened here. So let's look at Mark 6, 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So basically, you can't come to God unless he draws you to him. And if you believe in Christ Jesus, you're going to be raised at the end, last day, very last day, the beginning of the new day, the new dawn of the kingdom of God. It is written in the prophets that, and they say, they shall be taught by God. When you know that you have to come to God, you're being taught by God. Because you wouldn't go to God unless someone or the Holy Spirit revealed himself to you. He's like, hey, that's kind of a God thing. You need, to, you need to come into understanding of that. That's the Holy Spirit doing that. That's God doing that. Amen. They shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from me, the Father comes to me. So if you've heard and learned of the Father, you come to Christ Jesus. You can't come to God unless you know Christ. Period. That's the way it works. So it was the power of the Holy Ghost upon those in the upper room who were baptized in the Holy Ghost, operating in the gifts of unknown languages. Scripture says unknown tongues, unknown languages and miracles. 
This was a miracle. This was a gift of miracles, not the gift of tongues. Well, it was the gift that they were able to speak in a language they didn't know and be understood, if that's how you interpret that. But it's still a great miracle, is it not? That were used to draw many people to Christ. You know, a lot of people came to Christ as a result of that. So it makes you wonder, what did they hear? That they realized that, it, that what was happening was of God. I believe that these people began to get such an anointing, such an oil poured over them, that they were able to say these things, not knowing what they were saying, but it was all the good stuff that the people were to hear that began to adjust their hearts. So verse 8 says this. This is uh, chapter 2 of Acts, verse 8. And now is it that we hear? Now, and, and how is it that we hear? How is it that we hear? These people said, how is it that we hear each of our own language in which we were born? So perhaps is the gift of tongues really the gift of being able to speak in someone else's language that you haven't learned yet? Maybe we've misinterpreted that scripture. So verse 9 says, Parthenons and Medes and Lemonites, those dwelling in Macedonia, Judea and, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phlegina and Panaphilia, Egypt and parts of Libya, adjourning Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and Apostasites. Apostasites are people who converted to Judaism. Okay, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own language the wonderful works of God. Only God could have made that happen because these people were Galileans. <laughs> but see, that rushing mighty wind came in there and put such a fire God upon them that they were able to do this great miracle. All 120 of them. Verse 12. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? What is God trying to tell us? What is God trying to tell us and show us with this great, wonderful work that he has done? 1 Corinthians, verse, or 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, so not many that who, are, who are smart according to our own measurements, not many mighty, not many powerful people in government and, and within the big banking systems of corporate worlds, not many nobles, not many people of such uh, not, no, um, nobility of, of, of breeding are called. So guess what? There aren't very many people who have, or that are successful in this world who are called by God. Not many. So that scripture says, there's not going to be many presidents, not going to be many kings, not going to be many, uh, you know, billionaires, and there's not going to be many uh, people of notoriety and fame. A lot of, that's why Hollywood's so messed up. There's not a lot of Christians in Hollywood because they're of nobility, if you will, because they're from the Hollywood scene and they're famous. They're not called. Not many of those people are called to do works of God. But God has chosen the foolish. What? The Galileans who are the least expected. Wait, isn't Jesus from Nazareth? So what good can come from Nazareth? What good can come from Galilee? I mean, is not anything good come from there? Anybody of... Educated stock, any from the 
the blue bloods or the 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 lineage of this person or that person? No. It's kind of the bad side of the country, right? But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put the shame to wise. He uses the meek. He uses the humble. And God has chosen the weak things of the world. So what man considers foolish or not acceptable, not good enough, not um, pretty enough, not uh, configuring to the images that we think that should be acceptable, God chooses. The things that man rejects, God accepts. How about that? If you feel rejected, guess what? You're probably a good candidate for God. And I think that's probably my calling. I was really rejected as a son, and I'm a child, or as a, as a child. I, I had a, a very difficulty in school. I didn't learn well. And I still don't do well in those areas. And I believe that's why the Lord has called me, because I went through things that uh, in education, but yet I was able to get a presidential scholarship. And guess what? I couldn't even pass a GMAT. Failed it four times. Never scored high enough. And I still graduated with a master's degree in aerospace. I wasn't supposed to be there. Matter of fact, the, the university said, how did he get in? How did he get accepted? Well, the president offered me a scholarship and I accepted it. That's how. So I went right straight. At, the Lord put me straight on top to the president of the university and he pulled me in. And I bypassed all the all the, the university processes, the testing and everything. I couldn't even pass it. I wasn't even smart enough to pass the, the GMAT. But yet I graduated with, you know, a, a, a 389 GPA in grad school or something to that effect. Some high three something. Don't even remember. But it was high. How's that possible? I don't know. I didn't ever think I was. I even told the president, I don't even think my grades are good enough to get into graduate school. He said, have you ever applied? And I said, no, sir. I've never applied because I don't think I'm good enough. And so he said, here, fill out this form. I'm going to take it in. Got a presidential scholarship. I I cried the day I got it. I couldn't believe it happened. I took it in to my father and said, look what this letter I got from the university. And I was crying. I couldn't even read it out loud because I was crying. And I went in. I was doing great. I was almost finished. Like a semester from graduating. He says, you got to take the GMAT. I don't even know what the GMAT stands for. Graduate Master's Testing something. I don't know what it stands for, but it's what it's called. You got to take this test to show that you're smart enough to go to grad school, that you will make the grades. I was making the grades and couldn't even pass the stupid test. <laughs> Isn't that something? Look, I wasn't even supposed to be an officer in the Army. And I definitely wasn't supposed to be Special Forces. I had people who tried to destroy my training when I was going through, tried to get me kicked out and stuff. And, and just somehow the Lord just kept making a way. I, I, I didn't get them. I mean, I got it on my own, but I, there's, I had divine help. He takes the foolish things, the weak things that man considers not good enough, and that's good enough for God. You know why? Because he's, strength, he's strong in our weakness. Did you know that? I've been prophesied to that I'm going to be writing books. And I was like, how is that possible? I can't even write a sentence. It's got to be God. And when he's, t- I tried to sit down and start writing, and I can't do it. I was like, man, that's as far I can't. Can, I can barely do it. If you even read my descriptions, you're going to find that go posted. You're going to find all kinds of mistakes because I go back and find them. I read them again. I, oh, man, I did that. I did that. If it wasn't for my lovely wife to fix a lot of stuff, I'd really look foolish out there. I don't know what it is. I just don't do it well. And as a result, that people look down saying, well, he's not good enough. He's not smart enough. 
They look down, how can you be this? You must not be any good. I, I've had people tell me that in my face, and they think that too. Well, the Lord has done a lot of great things in my life. It wasn't because I had the talent. It wasn't because I was super smart, or, you know, as per according to man. It's because I had the favor of God making the way for me to be where he needs me to be in life. Nothing I did, or nothing I have, I should say, I got on my own. It was only because of God. Because I'm foolish to men. Foolish to men in men's eyes. So therefore, God elevated me. And that's true with many of you out there. Look for God in your weakness, and he will raise you up in your weakness. For in my weakness, he is strong. In your weakness, he's strong. When you're struggling, look, you know how many times I come in the studio or go preach or something, and I was like, man, <laughs> if you only knew what's been going in my head and the things I've been having to fight against inside of me and even in the outside, too, and be in a right mind to come here and deliver an anointed message or do healings or, or whatever it is. I almost believe the Lord wants me in that situation to where I have not prayed enough, fast enough to where he can do a work in me because there's no way I can say, well, I prayed and I fasted. And as a result, I was able to get a great anointing upon me and be able to do this stuff. That's the last thing the Lord wants me to do. So therefore, he makes sure I don't do it. He wants me so messed up when I step up to preach the gospel that I don't feel worthy enough. I don't feel good enough. I don't, I, I, in my head, I was like, how in the world can I be a man of God? And some of you are like that right now. Like the guy who called in tonight. I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I'm even saved. You're saved. You believe Jesus is the Son of God and you believe in your heart, right? And you repent and you're trying not to do those things because you don't want to be like that. You don't want to be in sin, right? Because you don't want it, that's a step into righteousness. That's a step toward God. You recognize right from wrong, good and evil. So you come out of it. You think, you know, some people can get delivered right away. Some people, we got to go through some of this seconds. in order to get our faith built up. Wow, this night is about over. I hope you've enjoyed this. I, you know, I, don't, I was going to get into some stuff tonight, and I don't even have my notes properly in front of me. But I think the Lord took me in a direction that needed for, to go in order for someone to hear what needed to be said tonight. And it was a lovely night. We prayed for several people. And may God touch you and bless you. Thank you, Deanna, for your ministry. Seconds. And I thank you for all you do.